Yes, sir! You already know what time it is! It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 97. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 97 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Denzel, and we are back like Jordan wearing the faux five. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there. And finally, thank you to all the people who are out here using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous because the thank yous are very, very, very important. Please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias podcast merchandise available for purchase and the brand new Bronx Bias blog. The site where all of this is available is at bronxbiaspod.com. Come. Come check it out. I've got hoodies, t-shirts, tote bags, masks, and stickers available for purchase, along with the brand new blog, which will serve as an extension of my podcast. The Bronx Buyers blog will be a place where I can discuss certain topics I couldn't cover on the show, or where I can cover topics that had to be edited out of the show for reasons like time constraints. I've got four pieces published on there right now, and I'll be trying to publish one new piece per month. I have a special, special, special piece that is going to come out. I'm working on right now to celebrate. Uh, I'm about to get to 100 episodes, so I have a special blog post that's written about sort of the history of the show. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait for you guys to hear it. So I got another piece that's about to come out. I'm working on these blogs. I'm working on this writing for you guys if you guys like reading it. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Stay tuned for that. And also, this is very important, the Bronx Bias blog is an open platform. If you are a writer or artist of any kind and you would like to display or publish your work somewhere, the Bronx Bias blog can be the place for you. Whether it's an op-ed piece, some poetry, a drawing or painting, music, or any other art form, just hit a brother up and we possibly can work together to get your stuff out there. You do not, I repeat, do not have to be from the Bronx to have your work published to the blog, so feel free to reach out. Uh, you uh, You can reach me via DM or you can fill out the contact form that is on my website. And as I've said for one million times, I'm an independent potter from the BXNY, so all the support I can receive on the merchandise and the blog is super important and vital to the show, so please check it out. Once again, the site is called BronxBiasPod.com for the podcast merchandise and the Bronx Bias blog. And with all of that being said... We are going to have a great, great, great show today, fully, fully, fully packed, and I'm in an amazing mood, I am in a tremendous mood, and I am ready to go. 
So let's get it. I am in a very, very, very good mood. Today's intro was a legendary song by a legendary artist off a legendary album. If you do not know this song, do not know this artist or this album, you need to do your homework immediately. And it is called You Don't Know by Jay-Z off of The Blueprint and man, what a legendary album The Blueprint was, man. I think I was like eight years old when The Blueprint came out. And and I didn't really know much about hip-hop. I didn't know much about Jay-Z. But I'm like, yo, this is incredible. Like at eight years old, I'm like, this is incredible. Incredible. I didn't I didn't really get hip-hop. I didn't know how it was made. I didn't I knew I couldn't do it, <laughs> but I was just in awe that young hearing this music. And man, it was it's incredible. It's still incredible to this day. I think it's one of the best titles of an album ever called The Blueprint. And then like Jay-Z's career goes to where it is now. And he's literally like sort of in a way telling you on this album how he's got there, how to get there. It's honestly incredible. It's one of the greatest pieces of music ever created. If you don't know about The Blueprint... Get on Apple, get on Spotify, get on YouTube, get on SoundCloud or however you consume music and listen to this and pick up some game from one of the greatest in the in the history of hip hop. In my opinion, the greatest ever. Listen to what Jay-Z spitting on the blueprint and it is still super good and culturally relevant. Shout out to the God from BK, Jay-Z and the blueprint. Now it is time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast, and it is called Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, or maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is the segment I like to do at the beginning of each show, just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, just to try and show how many great things, how many great ideas, and how many great people come from the Bronx, New York, my home. So, without any further ado, your Bronx Fact for today is... The Wildlife Conservation Society, or the WCS, is a non-governmental organization headquartered in the Bronx, New York, at the Bronx Zoo. Their goal is to conserve the world's largest wild places in 14 priority regions. It was originally founded in 1895 as the New York Zoological Society. The WCS manages four NYC wildlife parks in addition to the Bronx Zoo. And they are the Central Park Zoo, the New York Aquarium, the Prospect Park Zoo, and the Queens Zoo. Combined, these wildlife parks receive over 4 million visitors per year and are all accredited by the Association of Zoos and Aquariums. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 97. son where'd you find this all right all right we have today a very 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 special guest it's only special guests that appear here on the bronx bias podcast today we have special guest ricky blair who is an entrepreneur a mentor and the founder of platform seven the alternative to education ricky thank you so much for taking some time out to talk to me today how are you? I'm doing great, Denzel. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm glad to have you here. I know we're going to have a great conversation today. I'm ready to get it going. Me too. I have no doubt. Thanks for having me on. No problem. No problem. So, Ricky, can you tell the people where are some of the places that the people can reach you if they want to get in contact with you or see all the stuff that you're doing out here? Yeah, I think the two easiest initially is the website, which mm-hmm. is uh, www.platform dash seven which is spelled out s-e-v-e-n.com platform seven.com and on instagram my handle is platform underscore seven s-e-v-e-n they're the two best places okay okay so my first question for you ricky so we can start this off is and this is a very good question what does freedom look like to you what is your definition of the word freedom 
my definition for me was not just the ability to uh, to do the things you wanted to do, go to places you want to go, have the things you wanted to have. But for me, growing up, the most important aspect of freedom was like day to day doing the thing that makes you feel the most alive or the thing you were passionate about. I think it's a, a gift and a blessing if you're able to do the thing that lights you up every day. So when you think of your life now compared to your life, maybe like two years ago, would you say that you're at a more free state than you were previously? Um, I would say a hundred percent. I, I mean, we may, we may talk a little bit about my, my background, mm -hmm. but I didn't always get the, I didn't always have the opportunity to do what it is I love. Now, I think my biggest problem right now is that no day feels like work, which is the problem because there's no sort of, there's no, no no gap between life and work. It's just one big thing, which is which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. I, I see that too. You know, when I started this journey of the podcast, it was just like I was able to make my own schedule, talk to the people I wanted to talk to and do what I wanted to yeah. do. And it showed in the work. Like it was a more happier vibe or people could understand that I was really serious about it because I had the time and the opportunity to focus on it. Did you find parallels like that as well? I... I just think that when you, I don't know, when you, when you get to do what you love and what you're passionate about, when what's in, like innate, innately natural to you, it's a completely different animal. Um, I think people create their best creations. They do their best work when they are aligned with their gifts, their purpose, whatever you want to refer to it as. I don't know if that answers your question. Yes, it does. It does. All right. So. My first question for you in terms of who Ricky is and how you got started and what you are all about is what inspired you to start this endeavor with Platform 7? So it's a bit of a story mm -hmm. and I'm going to take you back to the beginning because I think I've almost got to go backwards to come forward to, to, to sort of what really prompted this. Um, I'll try and sort of be as efficient as possible with the story, but it started back in London, England, where I was born. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to start at 16. And what was important or what was key at 16 was the fact that I really failed school badly. I mean, it was a disaster. My grades were poor. And when I got my final grades at 16, it basically meant that I could not go to college. It wasn't mm -hmm. an option for me. So I remember getting these grades. It was a really important moment in my life. It's a day I'll probably never forget. Um, I just remember like, you know, the, the, the education system almost suggested that if you fail in education, you're really, you're stuck. You're not going to amount to much. If you, you fail in school, you fail in life. And I literally just remember promising myself I was going to prove this thing wrong. Like I believed that maybe my grades were poor, but I thought I had the ability to make some success of my life. So I promised myself I'd succeed. And I, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I went into commercial real estate as a 16-year-old kid. And I literally started all the way at the bottom. I was like the T-boy in this company that had, like, I think, 70 employees. And basically, I had this obsession with understanding what success looked like, how people achieved success. And what I would do was every single successful person I could come across, I'd reach out to them, I'd write to them, I'd meet with them. And I just ask questions. And even to this day, I'm just fascinated by what makes people work, et cetera. So I'd meet successful people. I would read books. I'd go to seminars, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm in this job in commercial real estate. And a year into the job, I, meet, I get a call out of the blue by, uh, from a guy called Nigel. And this guy, Nigel, he's probably a 55-year-old. He's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire, probably the most successful person I'd ever spoken to, let alone met. And he wanted, a, he wanted to take me out for lunch. Mm -hmm. So I go to lunch with him in this, this restaurant in London and he sits there and he basically said, Ricky, I want to help you. And I'm thinking like, what, what's going on here? This all seemed too good to be true. Like, what's this guy's deal? And basically he did help me. He went out of his way to help me and he got me, he helped me get into a different job. And he just taught me like everything. And I, when I, when I say everything, like the, the, um, the topics were endless from dreaming, manifesting, goal setting how to create a business, how to be fulfilled and ha happy in life, how to find purpose, um, things like decision-making, all things money. And literally every single month, I'd meet Nigel at the same restaurant, at the same, we'd 
take the same table and I literally go along with a list of questions for this man. He was like the smartest, wisest dude I'd ever met. And he taught me everything. Fast forward, uh, what is it? I'm, things are moving for me in commercial real estate. And at the age of, I think I turned 24, I started to implement all these things that Nigel taught me. My first dream, I guess, was I had a, I had a best mate. I have a best mate called Sean, who was also a school dropout. And I knew, I, high school dropout. I knew, uh, I knew Sean since I was four. And my dream was to go into business and set up an agency with Sean. And at 24, boom, it happened. I like, you know, I use all the visualization, all the manifesting tools, et cetera. So I set up this company and we're basically, we're renting out and selling big office buildings in central London. And we're in a location in, in London, which was quite like, it wasn't the most uh, exciting, but it was like a very secondary location. But when we set up the company, all of a sudden this, 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 this location like erupted. Because all the tech companies from New York and from Silicon Valley and from different parts of Germany, of Europe, like Germany, et cetera, were all coming to London. They all wanted an office in London and they came to our area. Mm. And basically, because we were so much younger than the competition in the market, the other agents, we just thought, let's do things differently. Like Nigel, one of the things he really taught me was you find your own lane, you find your niche, you, you change the game. Like he was always big on, like, you don't just compete, you change the game. And basically, we set up this agency, and we basically did everything different to how it was done. And being really blunt and honest with you, three, four years in, we had literally changed the entire industry in central London. We, revol we, we revolutionized the industry. We changed the entire game. And a big part of it was this Nigel guy who I still kept seeing to this day. Like, And if you're wondering why he helped me, I asked him like four years in, I had the courage to finally say to him, like, why did you do this? And he basically explained that when he was 17, he, like me, was desperate to succeed. Mm. And he was desperate to find someone to show him how. And no one helped him. No one gave him any time. So he promised himself if he succeeded, he'd find someone to help. And I guess I just was in that right place at that right time. It was cool. But um, almost as like a way of thanking him, I would only employ within my business young, hungry, lost, confused ambitious entrepreneurs that i guess related to where i was at at that early stage of my career and as this business built up we kept employing more and i was teaching these people what nigel taught me fast forward like we're four or five years into the business everything's like thriving booming like every building we try and get every building every listing we try and get we win because we're so different and about three four years in we get approached by like all the big corporate businesses, all the biggest global real estate companies. They all want to buy the business. And we're like, these like two high school dropouts thinking what's going on here. Basically, we, we just like put this vision together for the business. Like they kept offering us like, they're offering like millions of dollars to, to buy our business. So we, we didn't know what was going on. We kept taking the meetings. But we kept turning down these offers because it just didn't like instinctively, intuitively didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. and basically I just had this like dream of coming to America. I know it sounds like something of a movie, but like since, since I was a kid, I always wanted to be in America and I always wanted to just, I don't know. I just knew I was doing, wanted to do something beyond real estate. So my dream was to sell the company that I, that I created, which was called Hatton real estate. And then hopefully I'll be able to leave, come to America and do what I love. So I put this vision together. I like put this like 200 page document together. Like this, I called it like the game plan. And I had this big vision. So the, the number we'd sell for and like I presented it to my partners and they thought I was crazy because the number I put on the vision, they just thought I'd lost my mind. Anyway, fast forward, like, what was it? Fast forward 18 months. Mm -hmm. We get the offer for that exact number. And mm. we sold the business in 2016 Wow! In a, in a deal that literally forever changed my life. And basically, I, I had to stay on for four years with a company that bought me. And just during that period, like we were known as the company that helped young entrepreneurs. So what I started to do was any young entrepreneur that would reach out to me, people who didn't know where they were at or didn't know what they wanted to do or ones that wanted to get into real estate or entrepreneurs that had existing businesses, they'd all like hit me up, my partners up, and I would take every single meeting because I felt like I had to. Right. And I was just doing this stuff like pro bono. I was helping young entrepreneurs figure their stuff out. 
and I loved it. And it like gave you the most joy and it made me feel the most alive. And I was also at the same time, like keeping myself busy. I was going into colleges and schools around England, UK, and I was literally just teaching. I like created curriculums. So I then finally do my four years. And during the pandemic, which was crazy, I crazy. finally make the move to LA, which was always my dream. I moved to LA September, 2020. And like, my thing is, I just love seeing people for maximize their potential, fulfill their dreams. And like, yeah, I'm like, I, I mean, who doesn't love to see people achieve their dreams, but that is like the thing that makes me feel the most alive. And it's like the thing that I feel like my, I guess it's maybe my skill or my gift or whatever you want to call it. So I rock up in LA and I, I don't know how to position what I do, but just out of nowhere, things start happening. And I basically got this coaching company where I, I, I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate. I get to work with some of the most famous actors, musicians, businesses, TV stars. And basically, I'm like helping them get to the next level or figure out what they want to do or help them achieve their dreams. And it's been amazing. Mm-hmm. But just for coming back full circle to your question, why Platform 7? I guess the frustration for me was it took me 20 odd years to learn all this stuff that Nigel taught me from seminars, from books, from successful people. And it just used to frustrate me why we are not taught this growing up in the education system. Right. And to add to that, then, so like the world's changing, as you know, the pandemic, everything's changing all the time. But one of the things I've realized in America is college, the education system, it's not working. Everyone keeps telling you and pointing out how it's not working, but it's like, I'm sort of sitting there thinking someone's got to do something about this. And I guess it's not just my opinion. If you look at the stats at the moment, the research, Fewer people are going to college than ever. More people are dropping out than ever. Mm-hmm. And more and more people just don't know what they want to do. They're lost. They're scared. They're basically in the position I can relate to as a 17-year-old Ricky. So I'm not trying to recreate college. I'm just saying to the people that, that doesn't resonate with, that don't want to do it, that it didn't work for, here is the alternative. And that is Platform 7. It's the alternative to education. Wow. And that's a wrap. Wow. Wow, that is a great story, like of starting at the bottom and working your way up to the top or working your way up to what your version of success is. And I agree with you. I spoke with a few people who were in education and they tell me like all the things that are wrong with the educational system in general, especially in America. I can't speak to the UK, but in America, we always have that feeling like school only teaches you how to work, how to be an employee, not how to maximize your potential and your ideas. It only teaches you how to mold yourself so you can be the best nine to five employee ever, at least in my experience in high school and in college. So what we need to learn, in my opinion, is more things about money, about finance, about how to actually be a thriving member of society instead of just learning how to be an employee. And what you're saying to me, and when I was reading your, you know, your information, I was like, this is really interesting. And I really want to speak to you because you have some great ideas. So my next question for you is, what do you want your overall message to be with Platform 7? When someone tries to get a grasp of who you are, what your platform is, what do you want people to get away from that? What do you want people to take away from that? Um, I think, I think the, the fact that there is, there is an alternative out there. And if things aren't working for you, or you don't feel like you're in the right spot, or you don't feel like you're fulfilling your potential, or you feel lost or scared or alone or confused, that there is an option out there for you. And listen, we, I, I, I genuinely, sincerely believe this. I, I first, I believe the, 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 the curriculums that we've created, the platform seven are genuinely life-changing not because i'm trying to hype it up because it actually changed my life and it's changing the clients in la i've been working with over the last two years but we we actually teach and provide the guidance and the information in a three-month process you will not receive during your entire education process and the other thing is it's affordable it's got to be affordable like Listen, it's different in the US to it to what we see in the UK, but the, the curriculums there, they're two and a half thousand dollars a curriculum. Like, I don't have any interest in putting, you know, people don't need to take out debt or loans to do platform seven. And I think the most 
game-changing part of Platform 7. And this is the thing, this is what people talk about that appeals to them the most. There are two different versions, two different routes they can go down within Platform 7. And what people love is that no matter which route they go down, whether they are help, need help actually succeeding or they need help figuring out where they're at, is sometimes when you're super ambitious or sometimes where you're a little bit confused, you feel like you're not doing the right things in life, it can feel very lonely. Right. But when you're under Platform 7's umbrella, you're actually meeting people and you're surrounded by people in exactly the same position as you, which is a big game changer for a lot of people. I've also just got to add one last point because you just nailed it, Denzel. If you took a poll of, if you took a sample of, say, a thousand Americans, say, from the age of 16 to 27, and you asked them the number one thing they wish, they dream they, they've been taught growing up in education, what, what would it be? I'm asking you. The one thing that they wish they would learn? Yeah, above everything else. And they give you lots of things they wish they were taught, but that, what's the top, top, top lit answer? I think the top answer of things that people wish they were taught were just how to be how to be successful and how to be better with money. I think in so, in school, in my experience, like I never was given courses or taught courses that taught me how to effectively use my money or how to effectively cultivate my ideas. It was only teaching me how to follow instructions and take tests. That was my educational experience. So for me, I would have loved to learn more about how to cultivate my own ideas and how to make my money work for me. So you've actually hit the nail. You've answered that. It's all everyone wants to learn about money. Like they want to know how to make money. They want to know how to improve their value. They want to understand how it works. They want to understand how to invest it. Yep. Things like passive income, mm -hmm. uh, how to save taxes. I taxes is like top answer, but it's uh, it's funny because I was looking at uh, the curriculums yesterday. The biggest section is money. It's it's huge. There's so much about money. Like I guess the biggest part of it as well is your relationship with money, how you view money, mm -hmm. how how money. I guess how you, how it resonated you maybe growing up as a kid. That is the biggest aspect of it. It's huge. Mm. And so what did you, well, let's piggyback off that. What in your journey of getting to success or learning from Nigel, what did you learn about money? What is one thing that you really important that you learned about money that you never learned previous or that you never thought even about previously? Um, I think, I think that they're probably different answers to different stages of my journey. I think if uh, if I go to the very beginning aspect, it was like, I think rule number one was do not worry about the money. Meaning, you know, I always get asked, what's the biggest mistake I see young people make today? It's like the whole, you know, they, they want to hit gold straight away. It's a marathon, not a sprint. You play the long game. And I don't care whether you're talking about business. I don't care whether you're talking about sports, entertainment, whatever genre you are in the best always rise to the top. Mm -hmm. And if you get the, the initial piece right, and I talk about the initial piece, it's like the foundations, like learning your craft, the do's, the don'ts, getting your reputation right, doing the right things. The money will take care of itself. Um, and I think then moving into the, 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 you know, the next stages of my journey and career, it was things like, you know, just simple, simple things like saving money, how you spend money, keeping an eye on money. You know, if you're earning if you're earning $100,000 a year, mm -hmm. if you're spending $102,000 a year, it's like I know it sounds so simple, but A, you're not going to be rich, B, you're not going to save, and B, you're poor. Those, that's another aspect. And then finally, passive income, passive income, passive income. That is the absolute biggest impact Nigel had on me. Like, and I know, again, everyone wants to like that quick win, that quick fix. But if you can find yourself in a position in life where you are earning money whilst you're on vacation or you're earning money whilst you're sleeping, you've beaten the game. You've actually beaten the system. And that doesn't mean you sit there with your feet up on a couch every night. It means you are free to do. Like you asked me in the beginning, what's freedom look like to you? That to me is the ultimate freedom.
yeah so so they were the big they were the big lessons yeah that's and that's great advice that's great advice so my next question for you ricky is what were some of the shortcomings or obstacles that you had to overcome when you first started trying to create a program like platform seven like what were some of the hardest challenges in that creation and what are some of the biggest challenges that you're facing right now with it uh, it's a great question. The biggest challenges in creating it was, I, I, guess, I guess both answers will tie in. As I mentioned, I moved to a different country two years ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, we speak the same language, but apart from that, there's nothing the nothing. same about America and the UK. Um, and I think, you know, I, 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 I meet so many young people and so many young people resonate with what we're trying to do at platform seven and if i had a dollar for every time someone said to me like especially old people that you know in their 40s 50s 60s if they you know, every time they say to me where were you when i was when i was in my 20s and 30s like i think it's been a case of the one of the challenges has been trying to understand exactly the pain points that young americans face today i think i've clarified that in lost and confused and unsure and just no one showed them how to succeed in their life so i think that's the answer to that one and in terms of in terms of the challenges today um listen it's a challenge but it's also exciting and it's quite a cool thing i i'm starting all the way from the very very beginning which is sick like it's cool i feel like a 17 year again year old again i i am you know I don't have a, a leg up or a head start here. I'm no one knows me. I'm new to this country. And, and it's like I'm just building it again. But it's just no different to building up my career in real estate starting out at 16, 17, 18. And I feel like a 16, 17, 18 year old again, which is which is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. So let me ask you this. When you encounter new uh potential uh what do you call them? Mentees uh, for platform? Yeah, training? clients, clients, mentees, people that sign up. Yeah. Okay. So when you uh, attain a new client, what is like the most important thing to learn about the client um, before you engage them with the curriculum? Um, there are two things that come to mind. We always talk to, listen, people go onto our website and they sign up to one of the two courses, lane one, lane two. But we do get a lot of people reaching out to us who have questions. You know, two, two and a half thousand dollars is, is a lot of money. So people want to make sure it's for them. They have questions about how it works and the process, etc. But the two things are one that they are totally aligned with. You know, where they're at in their in their journey, their career, etc., is aligned with what we're offering. And two is like there's one thing and one thing only we ask or I ask. Because I do actually, I carry out the sessions and the courses myself. It's all live. Mm-hmm. If they're doing these 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 courses, they have to show up all in. Right. Like if someone's encouraged them to do it, or someone's forced them to do it, or someone's pushed them to do it, forget it. Don't even start. They need to be all in. It doesn't work otherwise. Can you tell when someone is on the fence or one foot in, one foot out? Like, is there a way that you can? actually see that in a person or is it just their actions that describe that to you uh you feel it you get a feel for it and listen i've been coaching now for the last five six years you you can you you, you, you just read body language energy you get an understanding as to where they're at we won't work with them because we can't there's only so many people we can help i mean for you know the courses we do there's we we cap we have a cap on numbers we listen we, we launch further dates but we've had waiting lists, et cetera. Like we need to make sure that we are helping the people that want to be helped, but yeah, you, you get a sense for it. I'd say. Mm, okay. And what is one of the best bits of advice that you have received that contributed to your success, whether from Nigel or from any other source, or maybe a book you've read, what was one of the best nuggets of information that you ever got that really impacted you and helped you to get to the level that you are today um it's a great question and there are so many like mini nuggets that are springing to mind but if i'm going to think about if i'm going to think about probably the most game-changing aspect that forever changed my life it's simply learning 
the fact that if you can see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hands, that kind of vibe. But it, I know that's a cliche. And I think people like Oprah Winfrey talk about it. And it's an amazing saying. It's so simple, but it's so powerful and true. But what it comes back to, what it comes down to is this. Life's like a, life's like a food menu. Mm-hmm. You literally just choose what it is you want. Wow. Like that is, that is, that is that simple. And, and this is the kicker. Or this is the bit that I find amazing, right? If you can't see it on the menu, you can't choose it. So let's say, for example, you've grown up and you've never seen, you've never seen someone live on a, live on an island. Right. You're not going to choose it because you can't choose it because you don't see, you know, you don't know it exists. You have to see it to believe it. But that's basically like the biggest thing. Every, I think it's something like 1% of the whole world population know what it is they want. Mm, Wow. Which is crazy. Wow. How It's about choosing it. How oh, old or how or how old or how long did it take you to actually understand that principle? Because there are things that we hear all the time, or there are you know information that gets passed around, but it doesn't really resonate until you get to another level of maturity or you just grow up. So, how long or how old were you? Did it when that really just made the most sense to you? So, a huge a huge part of what we do at platform seven is we work on this exact process and formula etc but you you're again you're hitting the nail on the head you can talk about things like manifesting the law of attraction you know knowing what you want etc but i would go as far as saying denzel that if i if you gave let's say let's start let's start let's start with the secret book by Rhonda Byrne. right mm-hmm. i'm sure you've read it yeah yes yes if you gave a hundred people that book to read i would probably say 95 to 98 of them would after maybe six months say it doesn't work this is garbage it's a waste of time what a load of rubbish and i looked at that and i studied that and i wanted to understand why because in answer to your question when i first started to come across things like manifesting the law of attraction i was 16 17 years old instantly i knew there's something in it because growing up, every time I thought about something or I saw something in my future, it seemed to happen. So I thought there's something in this. And I would just play with it. I'd play with the formula. And I was so keen to understand why those 95 people that it didn't work for, why it didn't work. And there are so many, you know, it's an intricate system. It's not simply visualize a million dollars, sit on a couch and wait for it to come. There's so many aspects to it. But I guess my my belief and my confidence uh, built up along the way. So I started small and I built it bigger, 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 bigger. And to to give you some context there, I'd start with the most stupid things at 16, 17, like like manifesting a car parking space outside the store I was going to. I would then do things like the, the car I wanted to drive. Like I remember this was like a big, big breakthrough for me. I was like 18, 19. I wasn't, I'm not like into cars or watches and anything like that necessarily, but I just thought to myself, What's the most ridiculous thing I can manifest? Which if it came, like, they'd be cool. And if it didn't, who cares? So I started visualizing this Porsche 911, 911. Yep. Every day I'd, I'd, I'd be on the tube, on the underground, and on the way to the office in central London. And I just visualize, 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 visualize. And it, it like 21, it happened. And even to this day, I still drive the Porsches because it reminds me of my ability, my power to manifest. But I just kept upping the stakes. And the truth is, I think people feel I'm trying to be humble when I say this. I wasn't this like hot shot real estate dude that right. people think I was or am. I, I'm just the guy that knows how to create and manifest. We just manifested the ability to, to change the industry. We manifested the sale of the company. It's all that's all it is. That's do you feel that do you feel that the your ability to manifest things or to get things into existence from your mind? Do you feel like that is your biggest skill or your best skill? Um, I would say that it's definitely one of my biggest attributes and strengths. And I believe we all have the ability to manifest as powerfully as each other. But I do believe, and listen, I, I, I love researching. And I believe that maybe why it's one of my strongest strengths is because I have literally when I put my mind on something, I have 
not only have I studied the books and the research and the data, but I also, the most successful people in the world that I could actually meet face to face or I could look up or I have the biographies, you see the same patterns. Mm. So I've just researched it to the point where it's become a strength, I believe. Mm. And what, what would you say are like, what are, what is the skill that, like you said, manifest and everyone has the ability to manifest something. So what are the other skills that we all have inside us that people just don't use enough to get to the levels of success that they want? It really is such a great question. And the two that spring to mind, some, some are so simple, but we're just not taught this stuff. Or it's not right. talked about. The first one is intuition. This, your decisions are everything. The decisions you make are everything. And you need to know how your system, how you as a human being, how that system works in order to make those calls. Like That's what life's all about. Just staying on the path. And by staying on the path, you've got to make the right decisions every step of the way. And the other thing is, I, I guess it's attributes, I'd say, Denzel, like courage and resilience. Mm. You know, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm in LA. I see some of the highest achievers on the planet here. And I always, you know, free, I, what was it? Last, last week, I was at some, like, some, some drinks thing up in the hills. And I was chatting to this guy and this random guy. And it turned out this random guy, he created Tinder. Wow. And, you know, even there, like, it's, yeah, it was a cool guy to me, but I, I always want to ask questions. And, you know, I said to him, I said to him, like, what would you, what's the one thing you pin your success on? I always ask that question. And the answer I get above and beyond anything is not, is not the intelligence or is not the idea or is not the this or the that. It comes down to one word, resilience, mm. simply being able to keep going, keep going, keep going. Wow. I think that is, that was awesome. Like that was, you, you just say how you bump, how you manage to just bump into someone and they say something that you know works and then you see how it worked for them because they are one of the most successful people in the world. Do you feel that successful people are very open with their information or do you feel like sometimes that they're closed because they don't want to let their secrets out? Um, I would say most of them are open, um, and, and uh, you know one of the one of one of the lessons I was taught growing up was ask questions. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I've realised or learned is, genuinely speaking, most people you ask some questions, they love it. Yeah, especially being honest, especially if you ask some questions about themselves. Why? Because who doesn't like talking about themselves? <laughs> <laughs> so it's true, true. <laughs> now because I, I ask you that because um in my journey into podcasting no one i knew had a podcast no one who was in my friend circle or in my immediate family had a podcast and so what i did was in 2020 during the pandemic i literally got on instagram i typed in hashtag podcaster and i sent a message to every single person or a lot of the people who popped up people who looked interesting, people who looked like me, people who were women, people, you know, all different types of people. And I asked them questions. I said, how do you get started? You know, what is important about podcasting? How can you put your soul into a audio recording? And they were able to give me so much information, just like how you said, Nigel said he was that guy once. He, and he saw, he, you, 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 you reminded him of himself. So he felt compelled to help you. Even in the podcasting world, that was the case. People saw me. They saw I was hungry. They saw I was. I had a very good attitude and a lively spirit, and they helped me. So I've run into situations, though, where there are some people who are in positions of success, and they do not share how they got there. But my rebuttal to that is, and I'm glad that you, you spoke about it, is you have to, in a sense, give the game away. Like, if you're a professional athlete, Right. You see a lot of them go into coaching because they want to teach the next generation how to become as great as they were. And that's the attitude I feel like we all have to have. We have to share all the information that we have or that we've gained in our journeys because we're not going to be here forever. And so that's the really one of the most important things I do with my podcast or myself 
is just give out all the information I've learned to whoever wants it, because that is how you leave a legacy. Do you do you share that opinion? Your legacy is in the people that you help. I I agree with the legacy part, and it's it's yeah, it's lovely to make to have an impact, and it's lovely to 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 I guess pass on the knowledge and the information. But I think that you are right in the you, you I don't know. It just in, in in my case when 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 so much information or so many lessons or so much teaching has, has come my way, I felt like duty bound to to pass it on and pay it forward, like. Yep. You know, I, I remember. I remember. You, I read all these books. I go to all these seminars. I, I I collect all this data and information. I'm thinking this can't just be for me. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. And the other thing is, I'm sure you'll know this. It's like a very simple, uh, I guess, life hack or uh, life principle. Just like gravity, just like the law of attraction. It's very simple. What you give, you get back. Yes. Yes. 100%. That is 100% true. Uh, Ricky, my next question for you is, and I know you spoke a lot about Nigel, who seems to be your chief uh, coach or your chief mentor, or the person who just really got you started and pushed you the furthest. But do you have any other influences that have been extremely impactful to you or extremely impactful to your journey? Um... I would say there are people that inspire me or have inspired me. And I've so I've been so fortunate to have been able to meet some of these people. Um, I don't know. It's, it's like there are people like uh, Tony Robbins. Yeah. And Tony, Tony, and I have had the, 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 the you know, the, the fortune to meet him, but it's like, why Tony Robbins? It's because clearly he's the best at what he does. But it's it's not it's not his ability that appeals to me. It's you can see it written all over his face. He actually gives a shit. He cares. Yeah. Deeply. Uh, and then there's also there was a I'm a big soccer fan being from the UK. And we had a my my team that I follow, a team called Arsenal, had a uh, had a coach, French guy called Arsene Wenger. And he he literally pioneered the, the sport. He changed the way uh, players trained he changed the way uh soccer clubs operated how they bought players uh diet etc and I, I almost feel like he was wasted in the he could have done anything he could have he could have run a country let alone a soccer team and i guess what inspired me was you know again i said it nigel nigel always told me told taught me explained to me how you don't compete you find your own lane you change the game you find your niche and this Arsene Wenger character, when I see someone changing a sport the way he did, that that inspires me. Mm, okay. Now, Ricky, what would you say are some of your other aspirations aside from Platform 7? And obviously, so you have very much success in the UK and into the US with real estate. And now you're starting your own platform that helps. Yes. That's essentially the alternative to education. But what are some of the other aspirations that you have or things that you want to get started or achieve uh, in your with your time here? Um, I big a big emphasis is on platform seven. I want to reach as many people in this country. Well, I say in this country, we've got clients all over the world right now. Uh, it's funny. I did a podcast in Holland last week. It was like a top 13 podcast. and It went all over Europe, which was crazy. Um, but yeah, like a big part of my energy and time right now is absolutely on platform seven, but for the rest, yeah, I have personal aspirations. I mean, I, you know, family is important to me. I, I don't have a family yet, but it's, it's absolutely, I think, it, I think it's, you know, having the right balance in, in life with family, uh, with your profession, etc. Um, also, I, I don't know. I, um, in terms of, places where i want to live etc I, I i would love to experience it all in a year like i love a city life i love being in los angeles you know we don't get this blue sky like this in in the uk uh i like seeing the, the ocean um i like going back to england to watch my soccer team i mean i really am a crazy crazy soccer fan but it's just like my aspiration is to have it all because why not and it's going back to what we were saying earlier 
you get to choose. So just choose the life you want. And those are the things that appeal to me. Okay. I like hearing that though. You got, you, the world is literally your oyster and that's the great approach to have. That's how I feel. I feel like I can not only podcast, I feel like I can write. I feel like I can make merchandise that people like. I feel like that I can not only speak with people who are in America, speak with people across the seven seas. I feel like I have all the talent within me and I want to, like you said earlier, manifest that and make it a reality. When I first started my podcast, I didn't think I would be speaking with someone like you, but here I am because I stuck with it, resilience, and I actually believed that I could. When I started, people would tell me, oh, why are you doing that for blah, blah, blah. But I literally knew in my mind, I believed that I could have conversations with interesting people from everywhere. And here I am. So speaking to you is sort of like a reaffirmation of my own desires and my own dreams because I know it can happen and we can make it happen. I love you for saying that. And I promise you the feeling is mutual. It's an absolute pleasure. It's, I'm enjoying this thoroughly. Yes, yes. And I know you spoke about this earlier, speaking about um, the dream that you had to get the Porsche. But do you have any other breakthrough or aha moments that you can speak on? Um, when I decided I wanted to move to Los Angeles and it meant selling the company Hatton Real Estate, I think I mentioned I like put this 200-page business plan together, which I presented mm -hmm. to my business partners. I literally put a goal at the end of that 200 pages to, an, to, a, to a penny what the number we were going to sell that business for and it was a random number but it was based on some calculations and what i did was i wrote i wrote out a check i got this from jim carrey i wrote out a check with the exact number and I, as i mentioned i presented it to my business partners the the the, the, the you know what we we're going to sell for they thought i was crazy and basically i just they thought i was crazy they didn't believe in it. i said guys you leave it to me kind of thing and Every day, every day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, I lived, breathed, slept that figure. I had to check in my pocket every day of my life. And when I tell you we sold the company to the exact like penny, that's a huge breakthrough because it really just like took my manifesting to a whole new level. And my, it's funny because my business partners, we were interviewed on a podcast maybe two years after we sold. And my best friend, who I mentioned, Sean, he's not into any of this stuff. He's a very positive guy, but he, he thinks I'm crazy. You know, he used to see me reading all these books as a kid and stuff. But he said on the podcast, he was like, yeah, Ricky Rao, the check. He thought it was crazy. It's not crazy. It's just that's, that's how it works. Yes. So it was a big breakthrough for me. Wow. And that's a great story of just belief and resilience because that, those are the major themes of, it seems like the major themes of your life, resilience and manifestation yeah it's just like i don't know it's uh, probably not the, the person to be mentioning right now but will smith yes the power it, of positive thinking but it's like you know manifesting and and thinking about what it is you want you don't you don't hope or you don't aim or you don't wish as as will smith puts it you just decide, like, that's it. End of story. I'm going to be, this is going to happen. Like, that's a decision. Fact. Yes, 100%. All right. So moving right along, you guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Rogers Neighborhood. Instagram is R-O-D-G-E-R-S-N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is the exact same, except there are no vowels in the word neighborhood on Twitter. And Ricky, something I do every show is I answer questions from the listeners of the show. It's a great way to keep them involved. It's a great way to keep them engaged. And it's a great way to break up our interview with just, you know, some fun, lighthearted questions that you can answer from the listeners of the show. So we're going to answer some of the questions from the listeners together so they can learn a little bit more about the manifesting genius, Ricky Blair. <laughs> <laughs> all right, right. <laughs> you can and you can have that <laughs> <laughs> thank you all right so my first question for you ricky from the listeners is what was the most important thing 
that you have learned during or after the pandemic? Um, I would say that I was always going at 3,000 miles an hour. I was always in the, the belief you have to wear like 20-hour days or 18-hour days and you can't go, 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 go. And all of a sudden, in the pandemic, I stopped. I'd go for walks. I'd pause. The power of actually creating space. Mm. So when you slow down and you stop and you pause, that so much clarity and ideas and breakthroughs come through. So that was a huge game changer for me in the pandemic. And I still, to this day, take more time out. Walks, going for a walk is, I always thought it was a waste of time. It's a game changer. Mm. And now when you go on walks, because when I walk, it helps me come, come up with ideas or helps me think of questions or it helps me even with my writing process if I'm writing something. So what do you get, what do you get out when you, what do you get from the walks when you go on them? Does it just help you um, with mental clarity or something else? Honestly, it's just, it could be so many different things. It could just be clearing your mind. It could be an idea, uh, like a creative idea, or it can just be um, like clarity and seeing things for, just seeing things as they are, like just having a pers- different perspective on things. But if you, uh, if you read, I think there's like data and research in the actual impact um scientifically of literally getting out and going for a walk it's it's a game changer it is it is it really is and uh, and it's there's something small that we all could do like so if someone out there is listening and you got a lot of fog in your mind or you need some clarity go for a walk put a nice you know listen to a podcast maybe this one <laughs> or you know your favorite song and just go walk somewhere and literally when you come back from it you will be filled you will have you will be refreshed and you will have a lot of clarity. It has worked for me. My next question, Ricky, for you from the listeners is, who would you most like to sit next to on a 10-hour flight and why? Oh, God. That's such a tricky one. I mean, I guess the off people that spring to mind would probably be people like a Tony Robbins or a Steve Jobs, et cetera, who's obviously no longer with us. But I'm going to go a bit left field here. And I'm probably going to say someone like a Simon Cowell. Really? The reason, well, it's, it's personal reasons. Firstly, Simon Cowell has pioneered and innovated. Secondly, he has like made it in America in a big, 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 big way. He comes from literally where I come from, like down the street from where I come from in the UK. So it's almost like, Again, like, if you can see it, you can believe it. Like if he's 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 living proof that anything's possible. And also, I, I just think he's got like the right balance. He's tough. He's clearly got talent, but he's also got. I think he's got a good heart. He clearly cares about. And also, like, I say the final thing is he, as a job, gets to change people's lives. Like that's yeah. pretty sick. Simon Cowles, and he comes from the same area that you're from. He literally comes from like down the street from me in, 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 in London. Yes. So this uh, is, so this is what I would like for you then, since you are the master of manifestation, you need to manifest your meeting with Simon. <laughs> Leave it with me. It's funny actually about mm, four years ago, I dated a girl who, an English girl who was living in LA and she was Simon Cowell's personal assistant. Oh, my God. <laughs> so I learned a lot about him. Anyway, yeah, we'll move on from that one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. That is incredible. That is incredible. And my last question for you, Ricky, from the listeners is, if you had intro music, what song would it be? What would be the track that plays every time you step into the building and people know Ricky is here? I would have to choose School Spirit, Kanye West. Wow. You know, I love Kanye West too. I don't know if you can see it in my background. I have all of his albums, you know, in the... Now you point out, it's that's Like he's a big inspiration for me as well. He is a machine. He is an inspiration. He's a manifesting machine. And I mean, the college dropout being the name of the album, how, how, how poignant, right? Perfect. How poignant. Super poignant. Yeah, shout out to Kanye West. He's a great, you can learn a lot from just listening to him speak. Uh, 100%. All right. So Ricky, my last question for you today. 
is, what is one thing that you would like to leave the listeners with as a great piece of advice, a life jewel, or just something very important that you would like to express as we tie a bow around this beautiful conversation that we've had today? I would say that we get one shot at this. We get one go at this life. This isn't a dress rehearsal. And I would just say dream the biggest dream you could possibly dream. Paint the most beautiful painting you can create from your life. Do not listen to any noise, any naysayers, anyone telling you what you cannot do. And if they are going to tell you that, you block out that noise and use it as fuel to drive you. And you just go and make it happen. That would be my jewel. That's right. That's right. I appreciate that. I appreciate this great conversation we've had today. Man, I've learned so much from just listening to you speak for this short time we've had together. And I really appreciate it. So, Ricky, if you can, can you reiterate your name, your platform, and all of the places that the people can find you? No worries. And likewise, it's been an absolute pleasure. I thoroughly enjoyed this. It's been an amazing conversation. Thank you. Um, and yeah, my name is Ricky Blair. And um, you can find me. My Instagram is platform, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M underscore seven, S-E-V-E-N. And the website, if you want to find out more information on platform seven, is uh, it's platform, P-L-A-T-F-O-R-M. Uh, dash or hyphen seven s e v e n dot com. All right, thank you so much once again, Ricky, for coming on, sharing your story, and giving out this great information. I really appreciate it. And lastly, it is tradition around here on the Bronx Bias Podcast that we allow our guest to choose a song that we end our podcast with. So the honor is yours. What song would you like to play for the good people out there? I mean, it's got to be school spirit, Kanye, right? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you so much once again for coming on. I really enjoyed our conversation. I wish you nothing but success in any of the future things that you do. And again, I really appreciate you coming on. You're welcome. Thank you, brother. Nice chatting to you. Cheers, Denzel. Yeah. Round of applause for my guest for today, Ricky Blair of Platform 7. Round of applause. And that, guys, will wrap it up. Episode number 97. Man, we're getting so close to 100. I'm so excited. Episode number 97 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. I want to say a special, special, special thank you to Ricky Blair of Platform Number 7. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story and sharing all the great things that you guys are offering. I really appreciate you and wish you nothing but success in the future. I want to say thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports Thank you to everyone who is active and engaged with me on the social media platforms. I truly, truly, truly appreciate all of the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Uh, please do not forget your boy Denzel has official Bronx Bias Podcast merchandise available for purchase and the brand new Bronx Bias blog. The site where all of that is available is at bronxbiaspod.com. Dot com. Come check it out. I've got hoodies, t-shirts, tote bags, masks, and stickers along with the blog. And once again, if you are a writer or artist of any kind and you would like to have somewhere to display or publish your work, the Bronx Bias blog could be the place for you. All you have to do is fill out the contact form that is on my website or send me a DM via Instagram, and we can work together. And as I've said for one million and more times, I'm an independent podcaster from the BXNY, the Bronx. So 
all the love and the support I receive from the website, the merchandise, and the blog will be greatly, greatly appreciated and is extremely vital to the life of the show. And I sincerely appreciate every single person who has gone on and purchased some merchandise from me, read the blogs, or even just shared a few posts on social media. I really appreciate you guys. And uh, I encourage more and more uh, for you guys to do that uh, for me and to help the show get as big as it possibly can. And we are going to fade you guys out with a great, great, great song, which is my guest Ricky Blair's choice. And it is called School Spirit by Kanye West off of the album The College Dropout. And this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 97. Have a great week. Have a great weekend out there and be safe. And I'll speak to you guys next week. We are out. School spirit of the number. Alpha step, omega step, kappa step, sigma step, gangsters walk, pimps don't talk. Ooh, heck you know that boy is raw. AKA step, delta step, SGO step, Zeta step, gangsters walk, pimps gon' talk. Ooh, heck you know that boy is raw. I'ma get on this TV, mama. I'ma, I'ma put this down. I'ma make sure these light skins again never, ever, never come back in style. Told them I finished school and I started my own business. They say, oh, you graduated. No, I decided I was finished chasing y'all dreams and what you got planned. Now I spit it so hot, you got tan. Back to school and I hate it there, I hate it there. Everything I want, I gotta wait a year, I wait a year. You graduated at the top of my class. I went to Cheesecake, he was over on my waited here. Alpha step, Omega step, Kappa step, Sigma step, Gangsters walk, Pimps gon' talk. Ooh, heck, you know that boy is raw. AKA step, Delta step, SGO step, Zeta step, Gangsters walk. Pimps gon' talk, ooh, heck you know. I got a Jones like Nora for your Sora. Bring Mora, them girls I seen in the Aurora. Tammy, Becky, and Laura, Aura, Shirley. I'm tryna hit it early, like I'm in a hurry. See, that's that Doobie Kane, a young booty tang, tippy tap. Rockefeller chain, yeah, that's my rapper style. Rosary piece, yeah, that's my Catholic style. Red and white ones, yeah, that's my Kappa style. And I ain't even pledge, crack my head on the steering wheel. And I ain't even dead If I can go through all that and still be breathing It's been over, I'm here for a reason Alpha step, omega step Kappa step, sigma step Gangsters walk, pimps gon' talk Ooh, heck you know that boy is raw AKA step, delta step SGO step, zeta step Gangsters walk Pimps gon' talk, ooh, heck you know that boy is raw I feel a woo coming on, cuz I feel a woo coming on, cuz Whoa, man, what? I feel some woos coming on, cuz A couple woos coming on, cuz Whoa, whoa, there they were. I feel a woo coming on, cuz I feel a woo coming on, cuz Whoa, there it was A couple woos coming on, cuz A couple woos coming on, cuz Whoa, whoa, there they was.